You're listening to the Weekly Wrap-Up on Sprott Money News. Greetings once again from Sprott Money News and SprottMoney.com. This is your Weekly Wrap-Up. It's Friday, September the 15th, 2017. I'm your host, Craig Hemke. And joining us again this week is Eric Sprott. Eric, good morning. Hey, Craig. Good to be back. Uh, spent a week in Australia, and uh, it's quite an enduring trip down there, but uh, happy to be back. And uh, I guess we're not really having a great week in the market here so far, but uh, lots of interesting things happening to comment on. There certainly are. And before we begin, just want to remind everybody that these weekly wrap-up segments are brought to you by the Sprott Money International Storage Program. We store over a million ounces, and we are proud of our perfect audit record, so please visit SprottMoney.com slash storage to learn more. Uh, speaking of storage, Eric, prices have been on storage for the two weeks since we last spoke. They moved up a little bit. They moved down a little bit, but uh, here we are this morning at around 1330. That's almost exactly where we were two weeks ago. It feels like it's not so great because we've been down this week, but all in all, I guess it's not that bad. Well, I mean, all the signs of the cartel doing your thing are there. And I start with the Monday morning when we just opened, bang, down 10 bucks, you know. And, of course, we open down 10 bucks when there's probably no trading. Probably got nothing to get it down 10 bucks. You just put the quote out there, down 10. And then it stays there. And then we get these sort of sell-offs during the day. And, I mean, they're not as violent as some of the other ones I've seen, I grant you that. And silver's kind of been a little stoic hanging in here. Uh, but it's it's just awful to watch sometimes where they just bang, bang, chipping down, chipping down, chipping down. And there's really no reason for it. I mean, the data is supportive of uh, being long gold. In fact, we probably we had some great news in a way this week with the, the cryptocurrencies getting absolutely hammered here because that those people who invest in cryptocurrencies, they're, they're, they're uh, investing against the banking system and the government. Well, I, that's exactly what gold is, and uh, if they find out that the cryptocurrencies don't work, I suspect we could see some uh, people gravitating uh, back to gold and silver here. That's an interesting point. Yet, yeah, again, what goes up comes back down, and boy, it can be a definitely a rocky ride sometimes. No question about that. You know, it, it'll be interesting to see where we go next week now, Eric. We had some uh, economic data this week. That's the last bit of data before the FOMC meets next week. Inflation numbers tended to heat up a little bit, but it seemed like a lot of that had to do with these storms that have been out there, these terrible hurricanes that have hit. Uh, but, they, you know, that's good for GDP, isn't it, to tear everything down and they can build it back up? Well, they say so. <laughs> you know, it's, it, yes, people have to spend more. Here's the problem. They have to spend more. What if you don't have the money to spend? You know, like right. 95 million Americans are living paycheck to paycheck. Well, I'm sure some of those were in Florida and in Texas. And uh, when you don't have the money to spend and, uh, you know, your bank's breathing down your back because you lost your job because somebody shut down a chemical plant or something, uh, you know, you're in tough shape or you're, you own a business that got devastated yep. and you had to fire everyone and your bank, of course, wants the loan back. So I think it's very short-sighted to, to look at hurricanes as being positive. It's not positive. I mean, no. if it was positive, we should destroy everything every day, right. you know, and start all over. So uh, there's a lot of, I, I think there's going to be a lot of weakness brought to the economy uh, because of these two storms. They were pretty, pretty devastating. And in, in fact, I think we might have overestimated the, the cost. And then I think we probably underestimated the cost. It just sounds to me like there's been a lot of damage that uh, is going to take some time to, to um, work. 
work our way out of it. Yeah, that's the kind of the Keynesian fallacy, right? You break a window, that's good for GDP. And that seems to be one of the arguments for driving the markets higher this week. And, and then the other part is that suddenly Donald Trump has switched parties again, it seems. He's now a Democrat. And so we have this yeah. this nirvana coming, apparently, Eric, where... Uh, there's no debt ceiling. You can cut taxes to zero. You can spend all the money you want, and there's no consequences. Apparently, that's the world that we live in now. Yeah. Well, it's all like the commentary always follows, follows the performance, right? And if if you get the market up and he's become a Democrat, it's good because he became a Democrat. Uh, if he was going to get elected and it was bad for the market, but he got elected, then all of a sudden you made the commentary, oh, it's good for the market. And so, you know, this flip-flopping around, he's good to be a Democrat, good to be a Republican. Well, pretty well everything's good, right? Uh, and I think it's, it's always regarded as good because I firmly believe there are some um, uh, players in the market from central banks and governments who make the market do whatever the hell they want it to do. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just so repetitive here. that, And, of course, it happens in the opposite in gold, too. You know, they, if they want it to go down, it goes down. If they want the stock market to go up, it goes up. And um, I think they believe that the stock market being up is something that everyone looks at at the end of every day. Oh, the economy must be good. And, of course, the, the data on the economy is not good. It's just like even this month's retail sales were down 0.2%, right? Yep. I mean, this is not good. There's so many signs of it not being good, but we keep being fed this stream of, uh, of commentary that everything's wonderful uh, in the United States, and it's not. I mean, in fact, I want to talk about one of the things that I think is, is likely to start really uh, showing itself is this whole pension issue and the underfunding. And I, I think it was last week, and of course it wasn't, didn't, we didn't speak last week, but uh, people, the civil servants in Kentucky finally figured out that the fund's not going to have any money in it, so they're retiring early. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? And I've got to believe that's going to spread, you know, there's so many funds that are underfunded. Anybody, let me just tell anyone here listening who's between, you know, sort of 55 and 65, retire now and take the lump sum, okay? Right. Because it ain't going to be there. Right. And if enough people do that, of course, it's not going to be there even sooner. Right. And uh, I also saw in uh, California where CalPERS cut off a couple of uh, little townships that were massively overfunded, and the townships had the to cut their pension payments by, you know, like 50 to 90% because it was just this dreamland that we're going to have it funded and it's not funded. So if this, this, this pension thing, you know, becomes a present value, if you know what I mean, like it brings itself to today because any smart person would realize, I got to get out of Dodge here, man. Yep. There's not going to be a pension. The minute they change the assumptions, all of a sudden we find out that the pensions are underfunded by 50%. Well, you know what? I'll take the early retirement. Thank you very much. See you later. Exactly. So it could just bring things on quickly. And, of course, that's not good for the stock market either necessarily because the guy might take the money. And and uh, so somebody's got to sell some security to give him the money. What he does with it, we don't know. And also, you know, all these repairs uh, as a function of these hurricanes, that's theoretically money. An insurance company, a reinsurance company, has to sell a security in order to pay the insurance. And the insurance doesn't go back into stocks, by the way. It goes into a house. So it's, it, it has a negative effect on, uh, on the stock market, this sort of forced selling uh, to take care of these uh, insurance payments. And, and same thing with pensions. If people are stripping money out of pensions, it doesn't necessarily all go back into 
into uh, financial security. So that's something to keep an eye on. Well, and it gets a little bit to this nirvana, this financial nirvana idea again, Eric. You know, it's as if there are no consequences. The Fed can always, and the ECB and the Bank of Japan, and they can all just print as much of the fiat currency as they need, apparently, and that just makes everything just wonderful. You know, we've we've got a uh, an FOMC meeting coming next week, going to start on Tuesday, and then we'll get the whole uh, headlines and a press conference from uh, Chair Yellen on Wednesday. Have any expectations there? Or do you think they might actually try to hike rates? Are they going to talk about the balance sheet? Have you given that much thought? Well, not really, because I think, you know, I, I'd much rather just watch the economic data, and it just doesn't suggest that there's any need for rate increases. Now, if, if they want a rate increase because we've got to get back to neutral, yeah, I suppose they, they might have some justification for it because these rates are a joke down here. And the, and the harm they've caused to uh, so many people who are savers that now get no return. I mean, it's fine for the guys in the investment business, but it's not so fine for the guy on pension who's got to live day to day. So, yep. you know, for that reason, they could they could justifiably raise rates. But I think it would be taken very negatively by, of course, the stock market, perhaps even the gold market. Um, so I don't think they're going to do it. I mean, I just think they sort of would be spitting into the wind here if they did. So. I, I think that's that's a non-starter. Well, it should be a rather interesting week if we've learned anything over these last, oh, I guess, uh, 10 weeks of rally. And it has been a rather substantial price rally. I think gold's up maybe almost 13 14% in the last two months, and silver's up a little more than that. If we've learned anything, the banks seem to be playing just their same old dangerous game of uh, providing the paper and taking the short side to every long so it just makes you wonder how long before we uh, have ourselves maybe a little more sustained correction. Maybe it will start next week. Maybe it won't. But it certainly sure looks like the banks are willing to uh, continue to fight us here. Well, they are. But certain things are happening that uh, that might be a little different. Like in the last five months, the amount of silver that's standing for delivery, I mean, every day it almost goes up, right? And we're not talking insignificant amounts. I think there's been 25 million ounces this month in silver that stood for delivery on the COMEX. And kind of every day, it's one to two million ounces. So, uh, you know, uh, it's, it's fine to mess around with the paper, but uh, when the physical gets, uh, gets in the way, you've got a problem here. And it's, that's, that's a very unusual thing that's happening in silver on the COMEX and maybe a sign of, of where we stand on this, certainly the tightness in, uh, in the physical market in silver. Um, in the case of gold, uh, I mean, I think demand's been pretty steady here. We, we see this, uh, the whole Chinese yuan thing, you know, where you can sell your oil and yuan, and they can sell your yuan and buy gold. And I mean, that could be very, very dramatic uh, for the gold price here. And, uh, you know, Venezuela's not using the U.S. dollar anymore. Maybe they'll sell their oil for gold. And, of course, someone will take the gold right off their hands because they got no essentially <laughs> no money. But, uh, you know, I think the Chinese and, and the Russians wanting – to move away from the U.S. dollar is a, is a uh, sort of a movement that uh, more and more will have an impact on the physical markets for gold. So, you know, it, it, it can be different this time. The, the downtrend has not been very brutal, considering we had such a, such a wonderful rise. So I'm still, uh, of course, I, I would never sell it uh, you know, on a long-term basis ever because you see all the ridiculousness that goes on in all the financial markets and how broke the government is and how broke all the pensions are. And I mean, it's just going to come to fruition someday. And, 
you know, might be a lot sooner than some people are thinking. So yep. you got to hold on to your gold and silver. One last question, Eric, about the uh, the shares, because we've seen uh, yep. they've rallied like crazy the last uh, eight or ten weeks as well. And they seem to, the, the indices, whether it's the GDX or the HUI, uh, are well positioned now versus their moving averages. So it looks like we are in the uh, at least the beginning stages of a, a pretty substantial uptrend. How do you feel about the shares in general? Well, I think there's huge opportunity there. I mean, I, I just think that there aren't many people participating in um, precious metals equities. It will take nothing uh, for them to move higher. I mean, I, what, what, the total value of precious metals and the equities is like 0.3 of 1%, something like that. Back in uh, 1980, I think it got up to close to 10% of all investments was in precious metals. So we got a long way to go here. And you know, people like Ray Dalio say you you know should have five to ten percent of your money in gold. Well, how do you get from point three to five percent? Yeah, it can only be one thing: it's appreciation, right? So uh, I, I think the shares are cheap. They've got good margins here. Most of them have their costs going down. So uh, it's it's very exciting. And then there's been some wonderful exploration uh, results that various companies have had, um, and the stocks react fast. And the interest is almost immediate, which is mm-hmm. new and exciting. Mm-hmm. So I think we're in, a, we're in a pretty good space here. Sounds good to me, my friend. And I think it's going to be a very interesting remainder of this year uh, as well. And it all really kind of gets rolling again next week with the FOMC. So I'm looking forward to uh, watching what happens in the next week. But I'm also yeah. looking forward to talking to you again next Friday. I'm looking forward to it myself. Should be fun. Well, all right, my friend. I hope you have a great weekend. Thank you for your time. And uh, thanks to everybody for listening. And we will talk to you again next week.